0: So, are most marriages some sort of loose alliance of people who are lonely and kind of want to have kids? <laughs>
1: Before we get started, as we welcome you to this uh, 488th episode of Unscripted, I must start by wishing each and every one of you out there in Unscripted land a very happy and safe Easter weekend. I know you're not going to be doing much, (laughs) but I do want to, Chris and I, want to wish each and every one of you out there a very safe and happy Easter-long weekend. I got to give you an update here. I'm very mad at my father-in-law. Here's a guy that could have picked anywhere in the world to live, and he decides... 70 years ago to come to Calgary. I talked to Kamloops the other day. Kamloops are playing baseball already. It's 25 degrees and they're in shorts. Here, eight hours away, depending on how fast you drive, it's snowing again and um, it doesn't look like it's going to be a very nice weekend weather-wise here in So, But again, regardless of that, um, happy Easter. It's still in my mind Masters Week, even though they're not playing it this week. This is Masters Week second week of April. Um, obviously, the COVID-19 thing is is taking up most of our daily lives and conversation. But we still, Chris and I still find things to talk about. And that's why we're here on this 488th episode of Unscripted. And just to keep it in the, your mental, mental block in the back of your mind, we are three weeks away, the boss just told me, from our 500th episode of Unscripted. And I have, can tell you, I don't know who the full guest list will be, but I'm pretty sure that you know most of them, and we've had a commitment from a couple others, so number 500 should be a lot of fun, and that's about three weeks away. But as we start, after we get done with the pleasantries, as we start on this 488th episode of our little program, again, I do want to thank you. And remind you to continue to subscribe on those big five of our five, big five uh, social media avenues for you to subscribe. The subscriptions are improving. The downloads have been fabulous. And as an example, the last two days we have set new records of downloads for unscripted. And Chris has a lot to do with that, but... You folks have a lot to do with that as well. And we thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. And if I ever remember what the five are, I'll remind you later. There might be more than five soon as well. Ooh, there we go. Another one. Look Mm -hmm. at that. The boss is working hard. We do have uh, some um, breaking news, though on this and I would consider this breaking news. I don't give a crap what anybody would say. And I'm disappointed and I think Chris is too with this news, but it was announced earlier today, Friday morning, 10th of April 2020, that the XFL has what's the official terminology on the, well their official terminology is that they've suspended
0: operations, but on their conference call they were right. using the term shutdown.
1: Shutdown, correct. They have shut down and uh they have let go of the staff. uh, We do not even know. I read a story on the way over here that we do not even know. It was the CEO that made the announcement, not Commissioner Oliver Luck. Uh, The story that I read just coming over here was that we don't even know if Luck is still involved within the XFL. But uh, I feel bad about this. Uh, Chris will comment in in a minute. But my comment right off the top of my head when Chris told me about this earlier this morning was that I feel bad for another, what, 350 to 400 football players that don't have a chance to continue with the dream. Um, I think the XFL 2.0 was a much, much better product than uh, the XFL of 1999, 20 years ago. I think some of the innovations in regard to the kickoffs and to the extra point, the different options that you could have, uh, uh was it a one point play, a two point play or a three point play, mm-hmm. something like that. And no kicking. Beautiful. um, I think that the XFL did some very good things. Unfortunately, obviously derailed by COVID-19. But I feel bad for 350 to 400 football players that, as I mentioned, can't continue the dream. And I hope that Jane Goodell's husband and the rest of their limp dicks that uh, cower to him in the National Football League, as great a game as it is, it's still not very well run. I don't give a shit what anybody says meaning the National Football League, bad leadership. Um, I hope that they're smart enough to steal some of these ideas that have been introduced by the XFL into the NFL game. And the two that I would concentrate most heavily on are the kickoff and also the extra points, the PATs after touchdowns. But bad news in my estimation today with the news that the XFL is basically done. And uh, they will not, there are no plans to restart in 2021. And when, as Chris just said, when they mentioned in the conference call that they're shutting her down, uh, not good news for the XFL and really not good news for football fans like Chris and I. I'm
0: really sad about this, actually. This is the definition of mixed emotions for me, being upset that a Vince McMahon venture has failed. I mean, that's really tough for me. But I really do feel bad about this. There was some great stuff there. It was a much better league than the XFL in 2001. It was a much better league than the AAF last year, not even close. And they seemed to really do a good job and the fans liked it. And to have anything go on the internet and be almost universally praised is almost impossible. Like no matter what you do, there's tons of people saying you're stupid or they hate it or whatever. And Man, was it ever positive for the XFL. I hope that they steal the kickoff rule at least. I don't know about them stealing the point after the touchdown thing. I don't know if they would make it so that you could get three points afterwards. Maybe you could do the one or the two and get rid of kicking. That would be cool. I'd even take that. But uh, I, I hope they steal some of the stuff there. And it really was a very good product. I have to give the XFL credit. And I'm really sad that it's gone. I really thought, and I still believe, that without COVID-19, they would have made it. They would have played their championship game. And I believe they would have been back for a second season. And I still hope that they will come back in 2021 or 2022. I don't expect them to, but I hope that they actually do. And uh, I was cheering for the product, despite my dislike of Vince McMahon. So uh, I have to say, uh, you know, it's a really gray day out, and it's snowing on April 10th for some reason. But, uh, you know, it kind of matches the mood of the place. Do you remember, uh, you were in Calgary during 9-11, I guess, right? Yep. In 2001? Yep. Speaking of 2001?
1: I was, uh, yeah, I was getting, uh, trying to get a master's degree. Yeah.
0: Okay, I was working at Earl's West Hills. And I remember I went to work that day. And it was a really gray day in Calgary that day, I remember. And I remember it just suited and just matched the mood of the day. And today kind of matches the mood of that, not that the XFL folding is anywhere near as big as 9-11, but it's interesting that sometimes the mood of the day just sort of matches what's going on in the world, and this really does with COVID-19 and, uh, and of course, the news from today. So just kind of a melancholy day at best, I suppose, but I'm disappointed, I'm sad, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that they decided not to just take maybe some of the money that they saved by not having to put on some games and... And then you know, put it on next year or something. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm disappointed today, and I, I'm not going to take any pleasure in knowing that the XFL is probably folding.
1: Well, you know, again, I probably agree with you in regard to the uh, NFL with their sometimes still old boys network and their old boys ideology there in regard to the uh, extra points. Uh, but I, I I didn't think that was a bad thing. It, it, any way that you can keep a team in a game to keep you, viewership up, I think is a positive for the National Football League. And you know I, I, I that's why I was a fan of the one, two, or three point extra point options that you had. But again, I'm I'm really feeling bad for 350 or 400 football players that now have, you know, even a bigger obstacle to get to. The National Football League. I saw a couple guys from the XFL that had signed during the free agent frenzy period of the NFL. Signed before Jadavian Clowney, so uh, congratulations to them. Uh, but a lot of good people are now out of jobs again, and I don't think it matters to a Bob Stoops, who's obviously, you know, the coach of the Dallas team is is uh, monetarily fine for all the success he had at Oklahoma. But there are some guys that that uh, probably needed this job just like any of us. And uh, I feel bad about that. But the opportunity for more football players to keep the dream moving forward is uh, they're losing more options by the day. And uh, everything Chris said in regard to the AAF and the original XFL, this uh, was a much better product on the field. I think their numbers were satisfactory. And I think that the one thing I have to say that they improved most on Was their actual delivering their on-air product? They had legitimate broadcasters in there. I I, again, I I I don't know what happened. It'll probably be months before we find out what really happened behind, because it seemed like you know everything was a positive moving forward. And then of course we get hit by COVID-19, and they they do like everybody else has done is just you know cancel the rest or suspend the rest of the season, but. I really thought, I really believed in my heart of hearts that the XFL would be back in 2021. And unfortunately for 400 football players and coaches and staff members, it's uh, it's back to the unemployment line. And um, unfortunately, that's where a lot of us are right now during this COVID-19. But we're trying to keep it upbeat and positive. And uh, I do feel bad for the people that had some affiliation with the XFL because I think the XFL 2.0, was a thousand percent better than xfl back in 1999 a lot of contingency plans around professional sports i've heard some news and notes about what the nba is planning involving they have discussed convening in vegas have all teams convene in vegas i mean there's a bunch of hotel rooms there and a bunch of empty casinos but they're talking about that we can talk about that later I want to talk about what Major League Baseball uh, has talked about. I don't agree with that contingency plan so much. And Chris has already heard another version of that contingency plan from the one that I heard last night. So obviously all of these things are evolving and moving on an almost, what, hourly basis. I do want to talk about Justin Turner's proposal that I forgot about last week. I've listened to our episodes from last week, and I talked about it twice, but I forgot to go to it. And, And I really... I really like this proposal. I think there's some validity to it. Is baseball smart enough to implement it? Probably not. Um, I want to talk about the upcoming NFL draft that has come under some scrutiny because it's going on as scheduled. Um, There's a lot of people that believe that it should be suspended uh, indefinitely until we have a better idea of what our futures are going to look like here with this COVID-19 pandemic. But I do want to go to the next thing, and this is where I want to get Chris involved because he ultimately is always more in tune with what's happening in the wonderful and wacky world of the UFC. But UFC 249, i got to give a lot of respect to my half-an-hour blackjack-playing buddy, Dana White, from 2011 when I met Dana White in Las Vegas, and I got his attention for a friend friend of mine and I were playing blackjack in the Palms back in 2011, and I got a half an hour sitting next to and listening to Dana White, and it was awesome. And the guy that I was with, who I think of in the same kind of regard that I think of Chris, is that the guy, I think he needed a cigarette because, I mean, he's a huge UFC fan, and to sit there and play cards with Dana White for a half an hour, that would be like you sitting there and playing cards with Weird Al Yankovic for a half an hour. But I got to give Dana White credit. He tried... To the nth degree to get this UFC 249 off the ground he tried to go out and buy a private island or something with a private island he did acquire or did find a casino on Indian lands in California near Fresno to hold UFC 249 but then the story came out yesterday that UFC 249 has been canceled as well as all future events involving the UFC MMA due to the COVID-19 pandemic. President White said that the, and I quote, the company was prepared to stage UFC 249 on April 18th, but things were taken out of my control, end quote. And before I ask Chris for his comments on UFC 249 and what happened to where it was going to happen as of Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, everything shut down. Uh, but I did hear that ESPN, which has a five-year full ex- exclusivity deal in regard to the broadcast rights for UFC events, I don't know if it went all the way to the head of U- of uh, excuse me of ESPN, which is a guy by the name of Seth Wickersham. I don't know if it went that high, but it went to someone very high from the Bristol, Connecticut company because they pled supposedly with Dana White under the circumstances to suspend this don't do it for a lot of different reasons mayor feinstein used to be the mayor of san francisco excuse me she's now a oh i don't know what the hell she's is she's in sacramento somewhere for diane feinstein used to be the mayor of san francisco now she is a representative elective of the state of california i don't know if she's a republican or democrat if she lived in san francisco more than likely a democrat but she came out bitching about the strain on the medical system, even though it's on tribal lands and they don't have to listen to the the rules that we're living under now because they're not under federal grants and and federal land, but yada, yada. They're still going to need medical personnel there in case something tragically happens at UFC 249. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on, and I bring in Chris, if he has any extra knowledge that he can share with our fans here in Unscripted. But again, unfortunately, UFC 249... Has been canceled. The uh, April eighteenth event will not go on as scheduled. And not only did UFC two forty nine get canceled on Thursday afternoon, they have also uh, canceled all future events as well due to the COVID nineteen pandemic.
0: Well, Dana White would like you to know that all events, in his opinion, are postponed and not canceled. Well, you, know, I'm sorry, no, I, I, I no, I, but I, I'm I'm not making I'm not just uh, you know splitting hairs here. This is an important point and. Uh, well, I think maybe some of these other entities might tell you that they're cancelled. Dana White uh, is going further than, you know, saying there's going to be a UFC 249 at some point because it's not like he's above cancelling things. UFC 151, if you try to look it up, you won't find anything because UFC 151 does not exist because because John Jones is, you know, as we've gone over before and and he caused the last minute cancellation. The whole
1: thing got cancelled because of him?
0: Yeah, and then they, they had already made all the you know they'd already booked all the other ones called them UFC 152 yeah. and whatever and so they just didn't change it they just left it all and just said okay so there is no UFC 151 essentially which kind of annoys me as a as a <laughs> as a guy that gets bothered by that type of thing but and you're anyway. you're,
1: you're not John Jones's favorite and, person and either. that too yeah. yeah
0: but but no uh, it's not just that UFC 249 will happen at some point what Dana's saying is like uh, right now in the books there were 42 events that Were scheduled right. at some point in the future. Dana says that every single one of these will still happen.
1: Oh, okay. No, like, I, like it's a, a, a well, not and an you, believe point. you believe him. You believe him. he's he's working his bag off to try to make these things happen. Yeah, and, and he I would have a it. lot more respect now for Dana
0: White. And he would do it too, and he would have here. Except to answer your question, this did come all the way from the very, very, very top of both ESPN and Disney. And they got a personal phone call from Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, yeah. Yeah. and he pressured them and asked them. And then they asked Dana and Dana said, OK, you're my partners and, you know, you you guys uh, gave us a lot of money and all that. So we'll we'll honor that. But uh, this is going to lead to some at least one permanent change. And that is the island, because. I don't know about running on native land, if they're still going to do that. That particular casino has run a lot of Bellator events oh, for, for over 20 years. Yeah, it's well known as a casino that stages fights. Uh, not stages, but you know, holds, fight, holds right. actual MMA fights. And the island, though, is the interesting one. Uh, it sounds like people are either officially or unofficially calling it Fight Island. And I believe this is going to be a go. This is going to be a thing. Where I think- is this
1: island located? Uh, It's undisclosed right now.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been announced. But there's an island somewhere that's private and Dana secured it somehow. I don't know if he bought it or just secured it or what. But I could see him holding events there. I've always thought it's neat when you... If you hold events where it's a cool background, like hold you know hold the us open on the beach or something like like the sorry the tennis open i mean sorry oh, you, oh the
1: good stuff yeah yeah
0: but yeah. you know like put uh, put something like that where you got a cool background or have like a cool or like hold hold something you know at the at the edge of vegas and you get the strip in the background as you're like as you're playing tennis or something whatever right, right. just you know, whatever. So, uh, by the way, do you see the NBA is doing a horse competition? So, I mean, hold that. Like I said the other a few weeks ago, hold that on some sort of court with like the chain yeah. mesh, and then in the background you have the strip or something like that. Would see stuff like that's cool. So, I'm excited to see what Dana does with this island, what that's gonna be about. You know, you fly people in there or whatever. I think it could be really cool. So, I, I appreciate that. But it that's what it took. It literally took the heads of California and Disney and ESPN to stop Dana White uh, from putting this on, he would have pulled it off one way or another. He was going to, and he'll be the first one back, uh, which is what he says uh, that he wants to do and that he's going to be proud to do. But yeah, it is disappointing that this uh, this didn't happen. But I have to tell you, it really isn't the same without the fans. I uh, have watched about half of I just watched most of night 1 of WrestleMania which was split into two nights this year and was right. taped at the Performance that's where Center.
1: Gronk was the Gronk was made a yeah, champion I, I, or something?
0: Well, so well, real quick, the the WWE has this title called the 24/7 title oh, which okay. means that you have to defend it 24 hours a day, 7 days a week like so you can get like pinned in your hotel bed if while you're <laughs> they so it was based on the hardcore title they had 20 years ago and there's this hilarious sketch, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in in, uh, in wrestling was where the hardcore title was being defended 24-7, and, which is where this comes from. And he was sleeping in his bed in his hotel room and one guy like sneaks in, puts a finger on his chest and then the ref is silently counting. And then they, then they trip and <laughs> then it was hilarious. And, they, and he's celebrating silently and then he trips and then, Wakes you know... Him up. wait, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Gerald Briscoe pinned Crash Holly. But anyway, it was, it was hilarious. And so that's where this comes from. So Gronk won that ridiculous, goofy title. But I watched him... It, it's indescribable I, I said And by the way There's news coming out today Rumor And I don't believe it Because he is under contract With uh, WWE Even though I'm sure He has an out clause for NFL If he does has to go back But if you've seen Gronk lately He has lost all of his size Oh yeah He is He's not big now No like, like He was He really had to train hard And maybe take some stuff To get to the size He was before And I mean He stood by Josh Gordon Months ago And Josh Gordon Looked bigger than him He was a receiver And so Gronk Number one, when he first came out to SmackDown a few weeks ago, I I can't even describe into words. I told my buddy that is a big fan of sketch comedy shows. I said, you couldn't come up with a douchier way to walk to the ring than Rob Gronkowski did. Like you have and he he watched it and he had to watch it a second time. And like, is this he's like, what's he doing? Is this real? Is he? I'm like, no, he's just being himself. He's just a douchebag. Like. You have to see it. I did, And I didn't even watch what he said once he got in the ring. Just him walking to the ring. And he was like, I think he was twerking at one point. Like I don't know what the hell he was doing. He's just a lunatic. Like, he's just an idiot jock. And then I watched him at the very beginning of WrestleMania. He was the host of WrestleMania. So he was talking. And... Need, I, I ha, you would have to google or youtube each thing him walking just uh, YouTube Rob Gronkowski Smackdown and just watch him as he walks to the ring for the first time just that it takes 30 seconds yeah. it'll feel like 10 hours but it's 30 seconds and then uh, just I don't know if it would be on YouTube but just the beginning where he's introducing Wrestlemania as the host it's like I, I do, I'm speechless when I see it I don't even know how to describe it it's just it's douchebag to an infinite level and so, I don't know, Rob Gronkowski is just, I, but I have to just say, my point was about all this, Rob Gronkowski, and I say this both as someone who is, you know, trained as a wrestler and just a longtime fan as well, I am, there's certain guys you see, they have no chance. There is no chance of Rob Gronkowski ever being a good wrestler. Putting aside for a second that he's got a lot of injuries, and when it went back in the day, who was the Stampeder? I think it was Alondra Johnson, but there was some... Is that Was that, that what he played for the Stamps, right, didn't Alondra he? Alondra
1: Johnson did. So yeah. did The Rock.
0: So The Rock. But I think it was Alondra Johnson. But it was somebody... It was some CFL all-star, I believe, from back in the day, about 20 years ago, tried to go and wrestle with the hearts and try and take wrestling training. And he said, it's too hard on the body. It's harder on the body than football. I'm going back to football. Like... Whoa. And I can tell you firsthand. I mean, Bad News Allen... Uh, always told me that it was you know it's like every every bump was a car crash on your body like it's it's brutal and I I learned to wrestle on a kickboxing ring which is like this table which is not oh
1: that's not good
0: no that's good that's how I met my chiropractor and so Ah, and I still go to this day I couldn't tie my shoes some days but and that was when I was 21 but anyway I know I'm rambling all in different directions but it is unscripted and that's what we do but anyway I am guaranteeing you Rob Gronkowski will never be a great wrestler. Not in the ring, not on the mic. He doesn't have... He's not on the right wavelength for any of what, that.
1: What is the thing that you were looking at your phone or you were making that something is making the rounds some rumor that you don't believe? Uh, oh, yeah. Some Because someone on Twitter reported... That Gronkowski's coming back to the NFL?
0: Yes, and he said it was as per Adam Schefter and ESPN. And I was trying to see, and it wasn't a fake account, it was, but it was just some... Not a big account. But it even you know, identified with their actual Twitter handles, Adam Schefter and ESPN. So I've been looking. So the rumor, or this, what they're reporting, which I don't believe, and I don't believe Schefter or ESPN reported this either. I couldn't find it when I looked at their pages. But he's saying that Rob Gronkowski is going to sign a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play with Tom Brady. And speaking of Tom Tampa Brady... Tampa
1: Bay, I'm sorry, but Tampa Bay doesn't need a tight end.
0: No, they don't. They have, they have the best two... Uh, one-two tight end punch in the league with O.J. Howard and Harvard's Cameron Brait. Yeah. And on top of that... Maybe you know got was... wide
1: receivers. What Tampa Bay needs is some help on the offensive line to protect Tom Brady. Yes. That's
0: what they need. Absolutely. So I was going to say this for Free Freeform Friday, but I, uh, I really wanted to uh, show you... Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Actually, I don't even need to pull it up on there. But did you see the trademarks that Tom Brady filed?
1: <laughs> yeah
0: Tompa bay yeah and yeah. tampa brady or something so, the like second that. one yeah.
1: I, I i i've seen them i don't i just kind of pass through them and like and, uh, dude i mean yeah.
0: this this one woman went on twitter and she said Tompa sounds like a tampon for your heaviest days thank you
1: yeah tampa yeah. bay tampa bay yeah I I don't know. What do you say to Um, that? Come on, you know, come on, Tom, I think Tom's going to have two years of fun down in the sun in Tampa Bay living in Derek Jeter's mansion. And, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, 20 years of being under the disciplinary kind of regime, if you will, disciplinarian regime, if you will, of Bill Belichick, obviously it's a different kind of locker room down there in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. So it's going to be interesting to see, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you were going to ask me, and I and I'll just pick up from what, you know what you and I were discussing before we went on air. I think in regard to the UFC, though, it's the right call to make. I'm not happy with it. I would like to have seen some competition again. As I was going to make mention in one of our episodes this week, Sunday we've been at 30 days. Since all the sporting, it seems like world. it's been way. And it longer. seems a hell of a lot longer than thirty. A days. month ago
0: today, there were still games being played. Correct,
1: that's unbelievable. Sunday was the day the NBA shut down, and everybody followed suit. That's Sunday. But the others played on the Tuesday. Well, yeah, but I the NBA shut down first, and then ultimately everybody kind of followed followed suit. But the NBA shut down. One month ago on Sunday, and I got to tell you, it feels a hell of a lot longer than four weeks. But the
0: one thing I did want to say about the UFC being canceled, the only thing that I'm not sad about is, especially when it comes to potential big, exciting matches like Tony Ferguson against Habib, or Tony Ferguson against Justin Gaethje, which was going to be the replacement fight with Habib stuck in Russia. Yeah. What I was going to say with uh, WrestleMania, I was watching, and it is just not the same without the crowd. There's...
1: Oh, yeah, I'm glad you went back you, to that. You know yeah. what I
0: mean? Like, it's just... It was WrestleMania. They had great matches and big spots and all sorts of... And big names and you name it. And there is just nothing you can do to make it not yeah. feel like you're watching a practice. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to go to the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida and watch Seth Rollins against Kevin Owens live in, in a little small venue, even if it was just me or a couple people, and and watch it and just see them you know, work out there. That would be great. But t- it did not feel like WrestleMania whatsoever. And I, I I, really have to say that Vince should have just... He's too rigid in his thinking. He should have just, you know, made... If you wanted to do events, call them something else and then make WrestleMania later in the year. right? And then you end up with a couple of WrestleManias in six months or something. Okay, fine, great. That's a bonus. But it sure didn't feel like WrestleMania. I don't think it would... I really think it would undersell a big UFC fight as well. I mean, it's nice you can hear the impact. I know... Well, it, with wrestling they were making sure to really like make like really make a good s- slapping you know like hit the guy and really lay it in and really make sure you're getting a good sound because they you can hear everything so you want to watch for that and maybe that would be good for the fights but other than that it completely takes away the big fight atmosphere and it might be just better to wait even though I'm disappointed like you are.
1: I'm disappointed because I, I'm missing the competition I'm missing I'm missing world class athletes at, at these levels that we been missing now for a month on Sunday, Um, I'm missing that action. But I have seen a little bit of AEW in their empty venue on Wednesdays. It's different. It it is totally different. It's it's a very strange week for me, being Masters week, first time in my life. Second week in April is not involving Augusta, Georgia. That's weird. I think you brought up a point that I want to kind of... uh, make a little bit of an emphasis with except for and i and i i got to i've got I've to gotta say this um the city or the state of new york officially as of yesterday became the most became the hardest hit with the coronavirus in the world surpassing china surpassing italy and i don't think for some reason the new yorkers are getting it i saw a picture the other day on the back page of the new york post the online edition of course I don't have the money for them to send me the the uh, the morning edition to Calgary. But I saw on the back picture a picture of walkers and joggers and just exercisers in general in Central Park the other day, and it looked like a regular Thursday to me. And that's got to stop. Somebody in New York has got to put their fist down and say, listen, guys, the longer you stay out here and, and interacting with people and not observing the social... Uh, the social distancing, uh, distancing thing—the longer we're going to be in this hellhole—and uh, and 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 I'm driving to a point there in regard to your statement of watching something as significant uh, as WrestleMania that has been around since the early '80s, if I'm not mistaken, March 31st, 1985. Okay, middle of '80s, been around almost 35 years. They did a poll this week. Uh, At Seton Hall University's Stillman School of Business, they ran a poll which released its findings on Thursday. And the results uh, that were released showed that 72% of respondents to this poll said that they wouldn't feel safe returning to arenas and stadiums and, and big places like that. They wouldn't feel safe until there was a vaccine in place to combat this virus. 12% said they would attend if social distancing protocols could be maintained, while 13% said they would feel safe attending games just as they had before. That was, I think, pretty telling to me. And I'm just wondering, and I'll ask you the question because I pose this for people out in unscripted land. And because I want this to be done sooner rather than later, which I think obviously most of us do, uh, hanging around the house is really getting old already. We've been again in this in about a month. Uh, for me, it started on the 15th of March. And so we've all been in this predicament now about a month, and it sucks. But I'm going to ask you and all of our fans out there in Unscripted Land, should there or should there not be a vaccine in place before we go back to our favorite sporting venues?
0: Oh, boy. that's I don't know if the question is that simple. I have to say with the social distancing thing and the joggers in the park i mean dr dina hinshaw who's done such a good job in alberta as our head doctor uh with you know updating everything she said that you can get outside and exercise as long as you don't get within six yeah, but feet see, of I'm, anyone i'm
1: telling you from this picture i saw people were okay they that's were different. like i swear to god i'm not exaggerating this is what pisses me off okay you know me better than mm. this yeah I I I get out and walk all the time. You mm-hmm. know that, yeah, and yeah. I can't sit in the house. Mm-hmm. But this picture in Central Park, New York, the most populous city in the United States and second or third in the world after New Mexico, after uh, Mexico City and a couple others maybe. But you've got people that are jammed up like this, trying to walk or run oh, down I didn't Central know that. Park. Okay. That's bullshit. Sure. In this venue that we're in now, and the climate that we're in now, that was bullshit. And somebody in New York, whether it be Governor Cuomo or whoever the fuck the mayor is of New York, has got to stand up and make these people aware that every day you do stupid shit like this, we fall back another day in this holding pattern. And I I totally agree with you on getting out and getting your exercise, but maintain the social distancing thing. These people were crammed like they were trying oh, okay. to get into I didn't know that. like they were trying to get into the Grand Central Station oh, Railroad wow. and that was bullshit and that's what pissed me off.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, because when I hear that I picture like, you know, sparsely populated runners, all no, kind of these
1: people were jammed up and guy there was a guy running and he couldn't even extend his arms. Oh shoot, if, Yeah. Because he was trying to, you know, and it's like, come on, people, wake the hell up. Yeah. I mean, it's weird seeing sporting events without fans the limited ones that we've seen in the last month it's weird seeing a television show on wednesday with piped in crowd music or crowd ambiance they brought back uh, you want to be a millionaire with jimmy kimmel but they had piped in crowd noise that was weird um but again and then here's the other thing again a new yorker I heard this yesterday from Florida because I was talking to my mother and stepfather in Florida yesterday. Um, guy guy leaves New York, JFK, on Wednesday, goes down to his home on the villages where my mother lives in north of Orlando, Florida, goes down to the villages and is out on the, on the golf course playing with my stepfather, Phil, on Thursday on the villages. And I'm mad at two reasons. I'm mad for this guy leaving a hotbed of this virus right now, He should have been self-isolated for 14 days, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have been out on the goddamn golf course. Second of all, I'm pissed off at my stepfather, Phil. He should have walked off the golf course. Yeah, sure. And there are just some people, and I know I'm picking on New York right now, but when you become the most cases in the world, overpassing or Mm -hmm. surpassing China, surpassing Italy, and the state of New York has become the leader in this dubious category, they're not taken seriously enough in New York, and that's why I'm pissed off.
0: Yeah, and before I get to New York, which I do want to get to, I do want to ask you a trivia question about golf. Uh-oh. Okay. How many of the 50 U.S. states currently are allowing golfing?
1: Well, I do have a bit of an update. They closed my father's golf course in Las Vegas just yesterday. Really?
0: Yep. Are all the courses in Vegas closed? or Are they really? All of Nevada?
1: I don't know about the rest of Nevada. What I know about Las Vegas is Mayor Goodman, this was the wife. Yeah, yeah. um, Mrs. Goodman, uh, consulting with everybody, decided to pull the plug, and she shut all uh, Las Vegas golf courses down to the public.
0: Okay, so how many, uh, according to, I saw this, I think this morning, how many of the 50 U.S. states
1: currently are allowing golfing probably well now remember not all of them like in the northern tier states are not open yet so I'm going to say 25 36 36
0: so well over half are still allowing golfing which is interesting but getting back to New York New York's an interesting case first of all I'll just say that Mayor Bill de Blasio is what you would refer to as a limp dick, and I don't picture him taking any strong action but with New York it's a very very unique place and I'm not speaking from experience I've never actually been to New York but I have studied a lot and I have to say it's interesting because it is the only really major, major city in the US that has less than 50% car ownership, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone is always, you're used to, you know, New Yorkers walk everywhere. It's the opposite of Los Angeles where everyone says the saying is no one walks in LA, right? right? So in New York, everybody walks You know, there's celebrities that take the subway, right? And so, you know, people are walking around. Donald Trump, until, right, he was famous for decades and would still walk down the street. It was really only until The Apprentice, and now certainly uh, being president, where Donald Trump couldn't even walk down the street anymore. Even he would do that. But in New York City, you're used to being out and about all the time. You're not used to having your car with you. You're not used to just popping home for a second or anything. Like, you know, it's a major commute for a lot of people once they get to work and they're out and about all day. uh, It's on the, in the Eastern time zone. So it's going to be later. Generally things happen later, you know, like a sporting event might start at seven instead of, If you want to watch the same team on the West Coast, you're starting at four. Things end, you know, where NFL football starts way later. Everything starts way later. You're used to staying up later, uh, and I think it's just a much different lifestyle. So as tough as it is for some people, even in Calgary, to stay inside, imagine for New Yorkers who are not used to hardly ever, I think, spending a lot of time at home. I
1: I appreciate that, but then the other end of the spectrum is... When they're not seemingly, regardless of the circumstances that you've just outlined, when they're seemingly not playing with the rest of us in the sandbox, Mm -hmm. it's easier to pick on them. Oh, sure. They deserve it. And again, I don't mean to sound repetitive, as I always find myself saying, but when you surpass the number of cases to the top of this dubious list, something's not working. And regardless, and I, I get where you're coming from, People, they don't have a place to store a car. So everywhere they walk or they transit or they taxi, I get it. I get it. But when the rest of the world is trying to play along, and when you see this, this almost... And again, if you don't know, it seems like open defiance of what we're trying to get accomplished here. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. Because a lot of things, you know, I make fun of all the time. And you, you've you kind of figured this out over the last three years. I hate Toronto. And Toronto has been hit hard by this. Because unfortunately, Torontonians, seemingly a lot like New Yorkers, have that same mentality that, you know, I'm above this. I'm still in shape. I'm young. I'm not over 60. Yada, yada. And we will survive. We will survive. But let's... On in regard to getting out of this current hell that we're living in, let's try to, you know, stem the tide a little bit and try to, ex- at least from the outsider's perspective, outsider's perspective that are sitting there in their homes, not going to their jobs, not doing their normal routines, let's maybe tune up the New Yorkers and the Torontonians and tell them, guys, without your help, we're going to be in this hell. Prime Minister Trudeau, who is a came out yesterday and said, he doesn't see us getting back to a normal way of life for another year. Now, again, it's all it's all conjecture right now. Con, what's the word I'm looking for? No, that's right. It's, it's the is. right word. Um, but because none of us really know. We have never had exposure. We've never had experience dealing with this. But again, it's just... Not a good sign or not a good thing for people's lives who have been disrupted by this. Having to wait in line to go into a shitty grocery store. It's weird. Um, When they're not, when the big boys, the New Yorkers and the Torontonians, at least in in what we're familiar with in North America, when those two big entities aren't playing along, there's going to be some hurt feelings and there's going to be some people like me that are pissed off.
0: Yeah, they deserve all your criticism and I'm not saying anything you said no, was misplaced. I know
1: you're not. I'm just ex- yeah. expressing my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, and I agree with all that. I was just trying to come up with a reason why they're doing that, but I don't want to blame all New Yorkers because I've seen a number of videos online, you know, during rush hour traffic or when it would normally be rush hour traffic and people are in there apartments taking videos and it just is eerily quiet and it's yeah. Brooklyn or something you know right. it's like and so okay like a lot of people are doing their best still and you know it might be extra tough for some of them in places like Brooklyn for example but i just think no matter where you go here there whatever you're going to have i don't know what the number is but a certain percentage of the population might even be fairly small where you literally have to you know chain them to their fridge like they're just They're just not going to get it. They're just going to, whether it's they think they're above that or they think this is some sort of, you know, government taking all their freedoms, paranoia, or it's just they don't like where they're, who they live with if they spend too much time. My in-laws, and I don't know if this is true, my in-laws told me last night that they heard that already divorces are spiking. So oh, I believe that, you know, and so, I mean, my wife has told me so many stories about 70 year old women who retire after 40 years at the bank. And then six months into retirement, they come back because they can't spend that much time with their husbands. And I'm like, I just can't relate to that at all, knowing how my marriage is. But
1: man, that's just what a, well, what a crazy situation. You've met, you've met Jack. Yeah. And you know what he's like. Mm-hmm. And. He does not have sports on television. He does not have a casino to escape to, and he does not have a golf course to escape to right now. He's yeah. either going to be divorced or an alcoholic. I mean, and and I, I don't, and I love my stepmother, Sharon. She's a wonderful woman, but they don't generally spend their whole days together, you know, and, and that's by design. Sharon does her thing. Jack does his thing. When he's on the golf course, they reconvene for cocktail hour at four o'clock, and, you know, they're in bed by nine, but... Again, um, I I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people. You know, this is funny. Somebody said to me the other day, you know, why I fought for years. This guy works downtown that I know. We're not close, but we, you know, but you know why I fought uh, working from home for years, Mike. And I said, No, why? He goes, because I didn't want to be around my wife all that much. You know, I went downtown to go to work, but I went downtown as a byproduct of that. To get some time away from the wife, so you know um, what. So why are they together? Can I ask that? Is sure, that... you can ask that. I don't know the guy that well, but I mean, we're an acquaintance. He lives, you know, where I live. He lives about four or five houses up the up the way. So are most marriages some
0: sort of loose alliance of people who are lonely and kind of want to have kids? I
1: think that you're in Martina's relationship. Judy and my relationship is an aberration. I think we are the exception, not the norm. Well, I, I, mean, I we guess are, I know that, but not to this degree, the, yeah. I think, maybe. I, I, I don't know, YP. I, I, I think, you know, we could get it we could have a whole unscripted episode about that. But I will say this I think both of us, the reason that we're both good in regard to our married, married lives is that I don't want to make it sound like, especially with me, I was much more a whore than you. Um, just because of the circumstances that I was in and the places that I was in and the and the and the areas that I was in. But I didn't meet Judy until I was 27 and didn't get married till I was 29. You got married later too. And I think there's a lot of people that get married too early and they haven't been able to, they don't get to experience life. They don't get to experience the good, the bad, the ugly. They don't get to experience time. I had to spend, I don't know how many years by myself, cooking for myself, taking care of myself, And I think that that was a benefit to me and ultimately was a benefit to my relationship with Judy because she she knows that I was capable of, like you do, you help around the house, you cook meals, you do a lot of different things that younger men probably wouldn't do in a relationship. And it would lead to some, you know, some hurt feelings, some bad feelings. If the young new bride at 22 is doing everything around the house, she gets pissed off and all of a sudden you've got problems. I know I'm putting a simplistic view on it, but I truly believe that you and I, and many others, but the the the, the only really case scenarios that that I'm care about are you and I. Um, and honestly, I have
0: to say, and I'm all in all seriousness, Ryan and Nicole as well. Well, but see, I Seriously. I
1: love those two, but I've known Nicole. I met her for a half an hour at your house. And I've met Ryan a couple times at your house. Fabulous people. Can't wait to see him the next time. I don't know them as intimately as you do. And I think that that the reason our marriages have worked so well is that, and the longevity of them. I mean, I tell people that I've been with Judy for 28 years and they go, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, because they've been in, you know, they've been in marriages where this is their second, third or fourth or more marriage. You know, there are guys that I play golf with the, the Monday, Friday group that if you haven't had a divorce, they just, they still tease the shit out of you. You know, they're like my dad's on, on, uh, on marriage number two. There's a guy in the group that's on marriage number four. I mean, you know, I just think that one of the things besides that, I think you and I are married to terrifically strong ladies too, which is a, a real advantage. But I think because we went out and experienced some things, experienced some different people, I think that we were better suited for marriage when the time came.
0: Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right about that. And I've, I've always been strongly oh, that. That's aware on that.
1: tape because he just said I was absolutely right yeah. on that.
0: Oh, hey, uh, Mike's often right. No, I'm um, not. <laughs> uh, But... I, I was the same way. I mean, I was a bachelor living by myself, cooking for myself, doing my own laundry for 15 years straight. Yeah, boom. Right? and I, I yeah. didn't meet Martino until I was 33. Yeah, see? I uh, got boom. married uh, uh, when I was 34, almost 35. And it was it was great. But I mean, it was, it was a good time for me. I had done more than I ever thought I would right. when it comes to dating and all that. And uh, I got to do everything I needed. And I've always said, I think it's very important for people not to settle down too early, have kids too early, get married too early, uh, you know, at least really kind of see what you're all about. Not only date a lot and kind of see what you, uh, what you're made of or what you like, but also spend a lot of time by yourself. Right. Right. I think all those things are important. That's how you get to know yourself. Everyone's seen where, you know, a girl is uh, dating at some guy at 16 and then they break up at 24 and she's like, I don't know who I am or what I like. I don't even know what my, what songs I like, you know, like just, so... I've always been aware of that, but even I didn't know that that would mean that people are just marrying just completely the wrong person to this degree. I know it means a lot of people would, but geez, it just seems like it's, there's two pandemics going on. Well, you
1: know, if I had married some of the psychos that I was hanging out with when I was in my twenties, I'd have been divorced multiple times. Because when I'm in my twenties, unfortunately, as I say this, we're looking for more of the exterior yeah. than we are with the interior. And I'm, I am number one in the line in regard to looking for that. I was looking for beauty, and I think Judy's beautiful, but I'm just saying I was looking for beauty more than I was probably, more than the substance of the person. And I, I will fully admit that even if Judy was sitting right there, I'd say that she knows that. So, um, you know, for me, I, I felt like uh, <laughs> I
0: wouldn't even give myself as much credit as, as you're saying for yourself. Uh, I, I will just quote Owen Wilson's character in Starsky and Hutch when they've got the two girls over and Ben Stiller, looks at him and says, okay, well, you know, we got a blonde and a brunette out there, you know, um, and, and so Owen Wilson's like, okay, well, which one do you want? And Ben Stiller's like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've kind of always had a thing for blondes. And so Owen Wilson's like, good, because I'll take anything. And, <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and so uh, See, I, I could had, say I was looking for beauty, but I was looking for that. I've had a couple blondes in my life that were drop dead gorgeous, but we had zero in common. I'm uh, blondes. And and since I've had two blondes. I had one in Texas and one in Vegas. And the physical part was awesome. But nothing else. Nothing else. I might have been with one or two blondes. Well I had to try. I get they I they just don't do anything. It's like going into the thirty one flavors. You gotta try more uh, than vanilla.
0: Yeah, I like well, I still love vanilla. I know you and, do. Uh, yeah. I heard that episode the other day.
1: Your mother still teases you
0: about that. Yeah, that's that. funny. I, I like uh, I, I like dark features on women. I like, and I do too. Yeah. I, but I, f- I
1: found that through trial and error that that was my preference.
0: Well, yeah, you have to almost because when you're growing up as a kid, society tells you that blonde hair and blue eyes is the But look at some thing. of the
1: places that I've been in regard to being able to try different things sure. at the buffet table. That's another question I have for you later. When this pandemic is over, whenever it is, are we going to have buffets anymore?
0: I think so. I know, look, I, and they will be, they will be different. Maybe, but I, you know, a lot of people now, the new thing it seems to be is saying this is the new normal and we're never going to get back to the old normal. And I'm like, well, there might be some changes. We might make some improvements, but the thought that no one's ever going to shake hands again or hug again or have buffets again i don't
1: I have to say I don't buy that i I, I totally agree I, with you I, I don't buy it i I totally agree with you, and I don't want to live in a life like that. I want to be able to shake your hand again someday I, I I want to be able to hug my father again someday. My biggest concern right now I don't know if I should be saying this, but i'm gonna I shared this with my father yesterday. I can't get over the border right now. What happens if my dad dies he's eighty three yeah, there's been that tough... scares the shit out of me because he's my best friend, and and we fight and bitch and and a lot of things, but we're each other's best friends. And if I can't get over the border and he dies, what Put... the fuck am I gonna do? I if don't I don't get to talk to him besides on the phone again, I mean that would just be devastating to me. I you know I was gonna cut this off at about 28 minutes, and now we're at 53, and and uh, now we're getting into death, and um, I don't really want to do that. There was a, a the first 20-year-old of this coronavirus yeah, died so, yesterday yeah. here in Alberta. So it can happen to anybody, folks. It's not just a 60-plus a thing or an infant thing. It can happen to anybody. And we all, generally speaking, all of us have to be a little bit better in regard to the social distancing moving forward so we can get out of this hell that we're living in. We've got to run. I'm going to start crying, and I don't want to do that yet. One of the better episodes that I think we've ever done, just off the seat of our pants. Um, I remembered the five social media avenues that I'm asking, and Chris says there's a sixth potentially on the way, but I don't know about it yet, so until I know about it, you're not going to know Who about said
0: it. six? Maybe more.
1: <laughs> the five that I know <laughs> of right now, and we appreciate you continuing to not only visit these pages, but also to... Download and subscribe. The subscriptions are what we need the most. Thank you very much for your continued patronage to Chris, to myself, and to our little program. But iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and Google Play are the five that I can tell you about right now. There may be more on the way. The boss is working hard behind the scenes. But uh those are and I also want to comment on our beautiful new website. Chris has done an unbelievably great job. It's beautiful. It's still at unscriptedmc.com, but visit it. It's easy to subscribe. Even a putz like me did it last night, and I didn't need to call my daughter. I didn't need to bring my daughter in from the other room. I could do it by myself. So that's progress, and the reason I say this is as a closing note, I found this funny. It took a global pandemic for Alabama football coach Nick Saban to finally get an email address. He's out. He's been up playing on social media or on his little email address and emailing recruits this week. And it's the first time in his life that he's had an email address. And all it took was the COVID nineteen pandemic for Nick Saban to get somewhat in to the twenty first century. How does he type with his arms crossed? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he has. Maybe, maybe he has some intern do it for him. Maybe Coach Saban just sits there and dictates, and the and the and the uh, intern does it. I don't know. We've got to run on this 488th episode of the program. Later on this week, I've got uh, some NFL draft things to talk about. I've got five general managers that I think they're going to be in trouble whenever they start this. I guess it's still scheduled for April 24th, but we can talk about that. I want to talk about Justin Turner's solution to extra inning baseball games. I'm going to get to that this week. I swear to God, um, that's part of this right there. I've got nine pages of stuff in front of me. I've got a funny blurb about uh, Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago to talk about. And uh, we got a bunch of things to talk about, but this has been a great way to start. And uh, But right now we've got to put a wrap on it because we've got three other episodes to get to. Having said all that, for the executive producer and the hardest working man out there in podcasting, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.